I forget if we were going to try to, I, I had, I always have these ideas of like, doing I would a fun love to, intro. Yeah. I would love to do like a cold intro for the show. And then when we start recording, I'm like, nah, either I've completely forgotten the idea or it was a dumb idea to start. With. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that can be our intro this week. Uh, uh, no, that's shitty. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about season two, episode four. 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 Wow. Uh, stepping out. I do want to point out, it's not stepping out. It's stepping apostrophe out. Stepping wolf. No, stepping out. Stepping. Yes. We're stepping. We're stepping. I think this, uh, this episode title was... The duels. <laughs> I think this episode title was written by Joey Wheeler. Uh, it's almost definitely Joey stepping. Wheeler. Stepping. Hey, I'm stepping here. I'm stepping uh, out. The translated title, though, I do want to point out, uh, was Blazing Dance Battle. Hmm. In, in translated from Japanese, which I feel like is uh, both a better name in general and maybe more like indicative of what's actually going on yeah it's but, it's definitely more descriptive than stepping out yeah you know which i cool. feel was written by someone who is kind of in tune with the kids and is trying to like emulate some kind of like street lingo or something see stepping i out. i weirdly think that stepping out more accurately represents the original version of this episode because they made some changes between the Japanese and English for like the plot itself. Uh, oh, really? that we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about it later, but I feel like stepping out might be more appropriate for the Japanese than the Japanese title is. Oh, I'm excited to hear these cause I am unaware. I didn't see anything about this in your notes. So, uh, no, I, it's all, I was just like reading the, the wiki uh-huh. before we recorded. Uh, but before we do that, though, uh, was there anything that you uh, wanted to talk about Like before we actually dive into the episode? I know, as always, recommend people uh, go donate, Yellowhammer Fund, Trans Lifeline, uh, Pan Can. Uh, that's all in the show notes. Um, I am very tired this morning. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I'm not like, I'm not like, not able to do the show tired. It's just we're trying it at a different time. So I'm like discombobulated yeah uh we're trying once again the thing where the see this is a difficult part of doing an international podcast is that it's either my morning or your morning there's no like in between time we can ever like do it Mm -hmm. where both of us are like at the same level of awake so now it's like 11 16 my time so i'm fine but for you it's like seven in the morning yeah, which is typically like, I mean, I'm I'm typically awake at this time, but I'm like 
taking the dog out, getting the coffee, doing things that don't involve human interaction. <laughs> yeah, but the, the uh, level of awakeness you experience at seven in the morning is a very different kind of awake than later in the day or right. in the afternoon or in the evening. Right, right. I but like you know it because what? I feel like I bring more energy to the podcast at this time. But on the flip side, you are a shambling corpse. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can maybe you can offset my my corpseness. Yeah, brother, let's go stepping out. Oh my god. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Let's just let's just dive into the episode today. I I really enjoyed this episode. So let's just let's just talk about it. All right. It's time to discuss the episode. So, oh, I did want to mention I've been watching uh I've been watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. And, oh yeah, uh, uh, it's really good, and I'm just starting to get into the quote unquote weird part, and it's been messing up my dreams. <laughs> it's I don't good, think I'm quite to the, the weird part yet. I probably shouldn't be watching it by myself alone in the dark uh, at like one thirty in the morning because ah, see, I'm like, is, why am I sad all of a sudden? This is where your sleep patterns have uh, have bested you. <laughs> You need to be watching this show at a normal hour with other human beings around. <laughs> or at least the cats, right? At least the cats, yeah. Some kind of uh, friendly creature that can offset uh, existential angst. Yeah. Oh, speaking of existential angst, actually, I just you reminded me of the thing that I've been doing this week, which is playing Super Mario Maker 2, which came out oh. over the weekend, and I cannot stop playing it. I'm good, very huh? bad at Mario. I'm so bad at Mario, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it doesn't help that every single Mario Maker level is like, here's a billion ways that you can die, and they're all happening at once. So I hope you know the exact right sequence of buttons to jump around these 50 fireballs getting fired at you. And there have actually been some really, really good levels that are available. Um, I, I've tried making a few of my own, but like, I mean, like I said, I'm so bad at Mario that I find that I'll make a level that's like, oh, this is a clever, you know, like jump they have to do or they have to get the timing on this just right. And then, you know, inevitably, like as I'm going to upload it, it has you test it to like prove that it can be beaten. Uh And I'll accidentally find a way to just like circumvent this thing that I spent four (laughs) hours on. You accidentally jump on the ceiling and just walk the entire way to the end of the level. I, I mean, pretty much. Uh, but otherwise it's been really fun. They have like a, there's like a, not a story mode, but like an art, uh, it's like a campaign basically where you have to do a bunch of pre-made levels to like build Peach's castle. Um, it, it's not really a story, but the, the fun part is like going through and seeing like, okay, here's what Nintendo has done with these new tools and kind of get inspiration from that. There's a lot of fun stuff. Well, it sounds fun, but yeah. I've never been super like into the 2D Mario's. They're good and they're fun, mm. but they don't grip me the same way as like a Zelda game or something along those lines does. Sure, sure. Or even like a 3D Mario. Yeah. I weirdly, I, I was really into Mario growing up and then like fell off of it. And it was weirdly when I tried playing Dark Souls that I got back into Mario. <laughs> you're, you're like, man, this is so dark. I need something like light and fun to. I mean, kind of. It. Yeah. So like what I what I found was like I was playing games like Dark Souls or um, doing like the master mode on Breath of the Wild. 
and I would get really frustrated and like really need a change of tone. And I'd be like frustrated because I was dying all the time. And like, you know, it wasn't like, like when you die in Dark Souls, it's very depressing, right? Because it's yeah. just that red text is like, you died. Uh, get and, good. And so I would be like, okay, I need a change of pace. And I would actually start playing uh, some of the Mario stuff on the, what's it called? The virtual console on the Switch, mm-hmm. the Nintendo Online stuff. Thinking like, oh, here's a game that I can like jump into quickly and like feel good, right? Like the a little music's palette happy. cleanser. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The art's nice, uh, but then I died all the time because <laughs> I'm bad at Mario. <laughs> so, so I realized, oh, wait a second. The the theory, if you will, from Dark Souls, where it's like, okay, every death you've learned something. Like here's how you sort of apply the things from the previous run. That also applies to Mario. So now with with the Dark Souls attitude, playing Mario is a lot more fun for me again. <laughs> Can you imagine if you died came up every time you fell off in Mario? That'd be Oh gosh. I I really want uh well I guess this is, I, I was about to say I really want Mario Dark Souls where you have to like go get your coins back after you die or something. Uh but I realize that's just Hollow Knight. <laughs> which is another very good game. Saying that you needed it as a palate cleanser after Dark Souls reminded me of one time when I was a teenager, I was home alone. My parents were out somewhere and I was like flipping through channels and The Green Mile by Stephen King, the movie adaptation, came on and I started watching that. And it is a very, it's a great film, but also depressing as hell. And so I had uh, our old giant, CRT TV had picture in picture mode, so I started playing uh, Super Mario Sunshine in picture in picture mode just because I couldn't handle just how sad and like unsettling the Green Mile was. I like how your answer to this was not stop watching the Green Mile. But oh no, I couldn't Mario. stop watching. Oh, boy. I couldn't stop watching the Green Mile, but I could uh, play around on Delfino Isle in the beautiful sunshine. <laughs> Does that, do you think that has like tainted your view of the Green Mile at all? Like when you picture scenes from the Green Mile, do you also picture Mario in the corner jumping around? (laughs) Uh, No, but it has tainted my appreciation of Super Mario Sunshine. Oh no, it went the other way. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, that's going to (laughs) happen. Hey, look at us. We had an intro after all. Uh, should we talk about the episode now? Let's talk about the episode. It's time, for real, to discuss the episode. Jimmy, as I said, this week we're discussing Season 2, Episode 4, Steppin' Out, or uh, the translated title, Blazing Dance Battle. Uh, I copied the summary of the show from from the wiki just because I, I, I felt like the summary here was really... Uh, not telling necessarily, but just an interesting glimpse into like what the creators of the show thought the episode was about. So it says, The spirit of the Millennium Puzzle realizes that his memories of ancient Egypt have faded, but Taya is going to help him uncover the mysteries of his past. However, their search is interrupted by the dancing duelist Johnny Steps and his musical Monsters of Rock. Johnny Steps is stepping out. Yeah, like it has a, 
<laughs> it has a lot right there, and I think I think the most thing is just Johnny Steps existing Johnny as a steps. character. <laughs> God, we can. There's so much to talk about Johnny Steps. I mean, in a world where there's a character named Bandit Keith, <laughs> and that appears to be his given Christian name, a character named Johnny Steps is not that unusual if we're being fully honest. <laughs> but just the fact that it's in the summary is so yeah. good. Please, Mr. Steps was my father. <laughs> you can call me Johnny. Uh, so the so the episode here opens on a rainy day and Taya leaving school. Uh, and she comments on like, oh man, it's raining even after school. That's no good. Like the typical sort of school oh, kid, yeah. you know, cry. Uh she sort of leaves. Joey and Tristan are inside and they're on mop duty. There's a lot of mopping to be done when it's pouring rain outside. All those yeah, kids are probably it, dripping rain everywhere. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Cause like you don't really get a sense of like why they're on mop duty. Like, is it a, is it a volunteer thing? Is it like in season zero when Tristan was on the, the beautification, the beautification team? Yeah. Uh, he, this is definitely not the same Tristan because he is not happy about being on mop duty. Yeah. And, and they're just kind of like dicking around too. Like, I don't think they're actually doing any yeah. real mopping. <laughs> they're uh, just like poking at the ground. Right. Well, cause the first thing that comes up is, Joey is like, oh yeah, uh, Serenity's finally getting her eye operation. That uh, the the three million dollar eye operation that that Yugi raised the money for. Uh, the, th- the three million dollar girl. We I have mean, the technology. <laughs> <laughs> we can make her eyes better. Uh man, if she doesn't come out of this with robot eyes, I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> Um, but so, uh, Tristan's like, oh, cool. Are you going to go like visit her in the hospital? And Joey goes, well, you know, it's not, it's not that easy. Uh, and he sort of reveals that like, since his parents split, uh, Joey and his mom don't get along at all. So he doesn't like want to go and then accidentally like run into his mom and have to interact with his mom. Uh, to which Tristan replies, oh, that's fine. I'll go without you. Uh, I mostly just want to see if Serenity likes me. Sweet Serenity, he says. Yeah, and he teases uh, Joey about it a lot, and is like, "Oh, you don't? I, I don't want you there. You're just going to be a third wheel while while I'm putting the moves on your sister." And like, I'm an only child, but I feel like telling your friend that you want to bang his sister is just kind of weird. I, I mean, yes, it is weird. Also, this is very stereotypical, like fourteen-year-old joking around. Is the thing, Josh, and yeah, yeah, like this is this is absolutely the way that you would tell your friend <laughs> that you would get your friend all like riled up at you for uh, for really no good reason. Yeah, and Joey gets all mad and like picks Tristan up and like tries to like put him in a headlock and shit. And that's the only time we see them the entire episode. Yep, there they go. There, there, there go our boys. Uh, Yugi, uh, meets up with Taya at the school and, uh, he, he asks for her help and he, he sort of explains like the, the spirit inside the millennium puzzle, uh, his lost memories of his, I mean, it's like the summary said, right? It's, it's like, he doesn't know anything about his ancient Egyptian past and like he's lost his memories and he feels bad about that. Uh, he's and like, he wants to like figure out who he is. And 
Yeah, and uh, Yugi basically asks Taya if she can help, which is I thought was kind of weird because he's a five thousand year old ghost, but advice from this fourteen year old girl is going to to help him remember his past. I'm not entirely sure how that works. I mean, he's also a five thousand year old ghost without any memories, so I, I would assume he can take whatever he, he can get. You know, Be- yeah. beggars can't be choosers. And Taya is the smartest character on the show, as we've as we've established. Right, exactly. But like uh, the whole premise of this thing is literally just setting us up for some fanfic. Well, yes, that's what I was gonna say. So, so Yugi basically is like, "Hey, Taya, I need your help." And then his whole like request and his whole plan is just like, "Hang out with the spirit for a while. Maybe that <laughs> will bring his memories back. Just you know, just hang." Now, Jimmy, this is what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. The The plot between the English and the Japanese versions for this episode in particular are very different. Oh, do tell. Because Yugi's ask at this point is that he wants Taya to go on a date with the spirit of the Millennium Puzzle. To make him happier? Uh-huh. He's oh. legitimately trying to set them up. And it just so happens that I'm going to be here in the same body. <laughs> right. right. And that's the craziest thing is like, hey, um, do you want to go on a date? Not with me. Not with me. No, 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 no. Just the 5,000 year old spirit that inhabits my body sometimes. <laughs> I'll be I'll be here the whole time uh, inhabiting the same body. So I'll be, I'll be quiet, wanna... though. It's like I'm not <laughs> I'll even be quiet. There. Yeah. Just pretend I'm not here. Oh, this is even worse. So so this explains the next scene that we get, which is, uh, or, you know, he, he, he runs off, right? And he's like, okay, 10 a.m. at the train station or whatever. Uh, and he, the next scene that we get is Yugi and the spirit having like a, like a shopping montage or like a, like a makeover montage in Yugi's yeah, it's closet. This, it's that classic scene where... Um, like a character is trying on clothes and the other character is like, mm, nah, yeah, except yeah, it's yeah. just Yugi putting everything he owns out on his bed and then just deciding that he's going to wear the same outfit he always wears because he's the protagonist. And that's my favorite part of this. So there, okay, there is one change, but, uh, he, he does this whole thing like, oh, what should I wear? Uh, or, and he, he starts like kind of thinking about it, like wait what are you, what are you gonna wear i guess is how we should be phrasing this and the spirit of millennium puzzles like sitting on the bed being like i don't know do we really need to do this <laughs> is this a, is this really gonna help do you think i'm kind of out of ideas yeah and noticeably uh the spirit doesn't know what's going on he has somehow been kept out of the loop and doesn't know what yugi's plan is here he doesn't right. know he's going on this date. He doesn't know he's going to be out with Taya. Right. He just knows that Yugi is like picking out clothes. Yeah. Which, if you inhabit the same body as somebody and can like d- jump into their body at any given point, I don't know how he doesn't know. That doesn't. It doesn't seem like you should be able to keep secrets from something that shares your brain. Yeah. Usually, he seems like he is just kind of like a step behind Yugi just kind of hanging out and watching whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea how he kept this as a surprise. Maybe he was like hanging out inside the puzzle, just humming to himself because he's bored of these kids and their school bullshit. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that could be. <laughs> uh, but so my my favorite part here is he pulls out all of his clothes, right? And he's got like a bunch of different outfits. Yeah. And this is the most variety of clothing you've seen from Yugi this whole show. And there was that one mirror, episode where he was wearing different clothes. Do you remember that? He was wearing like uh, yeah, a the, vest. They were like they were like cool all wearing different clothes yeah yeah, yeah yeah he he, were, he had like a denim vest or something but so this season he's been wearing a black tank top for the most part and black and, pants and he and he looks at himself in the mirror and he's wearing that outfit it's a black tank top and black pants uh and the one thing he changes one thing is he puts on a blue armband <laughs> Girls like love armbands. He gets like a he gets like a blue bandana and ties it around his arm, right? <laughs> now the the only reason I even remembered that is because in the the things that they changed between the English and Japanese versions, that blue armband appears and disappears seemingly at random. So for those huh. of you watching along at home, <laughs> Keep an, keep an eye out eye, for the armband. Keep an eye out for the armband. That's it's uh it, it's it's a wily one. <laughs> It's like um, the Fonz looking in the mirror and just being like, hey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like goes to change his appearance and is like, yeah, I'm good enough as I am. Right. But uh, I do want to point out, uh, yeah. while Yugi is like looking in the mirror, the spirit of the puzzle <coughs> uh, is just sitting on his bed in like ghost form, mm-hmm. wearing the exact same outfit Yugi is. So when Yugi changes clothes, does the spirit's clothes change too? Does the pharaoh just get a new outfit that goes on him? That's a really good question. And like, they're different sizes too. So, yeah, I mean, you would have to assume that's one of the like benefits of being a spirit. It's just you get new clothes whenever you want. And there you go. I also, we don't have a whole lot of sense of like what the spirit has been wearing in general. Like, we know when he inhabits Yugi's body, he's wearing basically the same clothes as Yugi was. Yeah. But we don't know if that's because that's what Yugi was wearing or because that's what the spirit wants Yugi to be wearing. Is the spirit's entire appearance just based on Yugi's like self-image of how he views himself? Or is Yugi's self-image based on the spirit? Who's choosing these clothes? It doesn't mm. matter because they're the same every time. <laughs> yeah, it, it truly doesn't matter. Uh, so uh, moving into the next scene. Uh, oh, you just you just highlighted a note you need to talk about real quick. Yeah. Uh, if Yugi has a spirit possessing him all the time, how does he shower and use the bathroom? Does the spirit look away? I should hope he does. I mean, I, I would assume it's the same. It's the same thing as uh, how Yugi kept this whole thing a secret, right? Maybe he like blocks him out of his mind and back into the puzzle. Yeah, I was gonna say, does he take? Is this the one time he takes the puzzle off and like hangs it up in the corner of the room or something to to weaken the bond? <laughs> he he takes the he takes the the puzzle off and then turns it around so the eye is facing away from him and puts it on the back <laughs> of a chair. <laughs> Uh, we have fun here. Uh, <laughs> so the next scene, Taya is uh, is waiting for Yugi uh, in kind of the spot that they agreed on, uh, and you know, wondering to herself like, can I help the Millennium Puzzle? Am I really the right person to be asking about this? Like, what's going on? She actually put on a nice outfit, unlike Yugi. She's yeah. wearing different clothes. 
she's wearing uh, an outfit that we'll actually see for a lot of season two, apparently. It's this, like, yellow tube top and, like, a pink skirt. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, the Yeah, she's this... wearing the... It's also, like, a crop top. And she's wearing, like, big, thick platform heels. Yeah, yeah. Super 90s. And, like, a, like a little... A light jacket over it and, uh, like, a choker necklace. Right. And like I said, like this is kind of the look that we see for most of season two. This is another thing that changed in the Japanese version. For some reason, uh, so th- in the Japanese version, the her top has the word spirit written across the front. In English, just spirit uh, and like black lettering. And for some reason, they removed that. They can't write the word spirit, but they can have an actual spirit running around. Well, and, and here's so here's the thing. So I thought it was weird, like. All right, Taya is supposed to be what, like fourteen, fifteen? Yeah. Uh, and she's wearing a tube top, and I'm like, eh, that feels, I don't know, that's kind of weird. Um, so I would have thought that the censors would have changed that to like a t-shirt or like a like a tank top. But the thing that they did, they actually they did the reverse. They lengthened it so that it covers more of her midriff. Oh, really? And then removed the words. And I'm not sure why they removed the words if, like, they weren't changing the, like, what kind of shirt it was, you know? Uh-huh. So, I don't know. It, it th- That part doesn't make sense to me, but that's the other thing that changes a lot throughout the episode. Taya got a part-time job at Spirit Halloween Superstore. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's the other thing that changes a lot through the episode is the length of her shirt actually changes. <laughs> if you watch, you can see it covers oh. more or less of her belly button. I did notice that a little bit, but it didn't put two and two together. Right. So that's, it's all because of the censors. Thanks. I wonder if uh, Taya chose the shirt with the word spirit on it because she is meeting with the spirit and it's like, Hey, just like you. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. I mean, could be (laughs) (laughs) trying to make him feel at ease. Right. Uh, I have a shirt with pepper on it and every now and then I'll wear that when I'm taking pepper pepper out. Yeah, I'll just I'll just like w- walk around town with with him walking out in front of me and him wait. Does it just picture. say Pepper? No, or no, no. Is it's it a, a picture it's a, of his face? It's a, it's a drawing of him with sunglasses. Have I seen this shirt before? Maybe. I'm derailing this podcast right now. I want to see this shirt. No, I'm not going to go grab the shirt. It's, I'll, I'll next time I find it, I'll take a picture of it. I think it's in the laundry. Uh, but anyway, so oh, you, that's so sweet that you have a shirt with your dog's face on it. <laughs> I love so Pepper. Yugi, so Yugi shows up and uh, he shows up and he's like, uh, all right, spirit, this is where you take over. Okay, and bye. then like, and then it's the fastest transformation we see so far, right? Like there's no big animation or anything. It's just like, the, whoop, okay. Yeah. The puzzle, gl- the puzzle glows. And then it's just like, rip, and it's a spirit. And the spirit is, he gets mad. He looks around and he's like, hey, Yugi, I'm not, you can't, this isn't a duel. And then he's just like, (laughs) like raising a hand, like yelling at the puzzle. And then he like, this is my favorite scene in the whole episode uh, where he's like yelling at Yugi, who's apparently in the puzzle now. And then he he, uh, looks up and notices Taya standing there and there's like a beat. And then he's just completely deadpan. Hello. Completely caught off guard by this 14-year-old girl that he's now, quote-unquote, alone with. Right. (laughs) Don't mind me. I'm not here. (laughs) 
so Taya and Big Yugi go to what I thought was a smoothie shop at first. Didn't have like a smoothie kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, apparently this was supposed to be a Starbucks. It looks like a Starbucks just from so the design I, of the cups in there. I guess I had like Jamba Juice on the brain or something. It looked like a Jamba Juice to me. But one of the other things that they changed, I, there's a whole list of just stuff that they changed for this episode. Oh, man, but, you have to send that to me. So the sign on the front of the door says uh, Domino Coffee is, is what it says in the original. Um, and then the cups themselves have the actual Starbucks logo on them in the in the Japanese version. So it's like very definitely just the local Starbucks. <laughs> uh, but so they're there and like actually chilling just like actually hanging out and you mean like not... people yeah they're they're acting like people for the first time maybe ever and it's a really i don't know why that's the most unsettling thing for me in this episode but like you don't expect the the this pharaoh this ancient spirit to be able to be like oh cool yeah let me just uh i'll have a cappuccino how was your day what occurred to me during <laughs> this scene tyler uh-huh. The pharaoh is from ancient Egypt. This is the first time he is experiencing probably coffee ever or a smoothie. Yeah, this, prob- something prob- that isn't like, like bread or wheat or beer, eggs, yeah. something that they would have access to in ancient Egypt. And he's taking it real easily. I mean, I would imagine that he like is aware of these things, but... Like from his reaction when they transformed, it's it's definitely you get the sense that like this is the first time that he has been sort of in control of the body outside of a duel. Yeah, he gets shocked that this is not a duel that he's at, but just like regular life. And it must I... be completely jarring to be in a foreign, uh, not, not even just a foreign country, but a complete different time that you're used to. I'm really sad that we don't get like a like a Little Mermaid kind of moment where a he's like looking around. At, yeah, he's like looking around at everything, and he goes, "What do you call this? What's this?" And Taya like hands him a coffee, and he sips it, and he goes, "Ah, my tongue is so hot." Yeah, uh, I feel like something uh, a scene like that would really endear the the Pharaoh as being an actual like five thousand year old ghost who's trapped right. in a puzzle and he's experiencing all these new things for the first time in his whole life. But Wonders no, he could never he's imagine. Just on, he's just on a date with a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, he <laughs> maybe she's inside. She's fourteen. I don't actually know. Maybe inside he's panicking, but he's keeping it cool as ice on the outside. <laughs> oh yeah, coffee. A, yeah, I'm used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> try a uh, try five thousand-year-old coffee. <laughs> <laughs> try five thousand-year-old beer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's uh, what we had to drink. Because I googled ancient Egypt foods while writing my notes, and it was just like eggs and like beer a lot of the time, um, birds. Uh, sorry, I just I looked up Taya. Uh, the 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 Wikia has like a lot of just random info on all the characters. I'm sure because I wanted I I realized I kept saying that Taya was 14. I didn't actually know the. The Wikia says that she's 16, but this show goes on for like six seasons. Yeah. So is she 12? Or does she just stay 16 for six years? Well, I feel like 
the entire first season was in the span of what a couple of days maybe a week oh that's true that's very true so it could be that she does say 16 for the full time so we'll say 16 uh still not enough to be going out with a 5000 year old man no um but the other weird thing is so it lists other information like favorite food ramen least favorite food grated yam uh <laughs> okay previous occupation fast food waitress part time at burger palooza went to domino high school current occupation spirit halloween superstore <laughs> uh and then it has height, uh, 165 centimeters. Weight? <laughs> Where are you getting the, this data? That's exactly it. How are you weighing this cartoon character? Uh, and then it gets weirder. Well, how much blood does Tay weigh? Jimmy, it lists her blood type. How and why would you need to know this information? <laughs> Just in case you need to get some blood from Taya Gardner. <laughs> Just in uh, case I'm in a car accident with cartoon character Taya Gardner. Right. Her her blood type is O. Uh, oh, pardon me. Interesting. Okay, there is a reference for this. Uh, it says that the reference for this is... Let me see if I can find a, a good link to it. The Yu-Gi-Oh! Character Guidebook, The Gospel of Truth. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, which is a guidebook. Oh, okay, interesting. A guidebook written by Kazuki Takahashi related to the characters from the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga. So, from the horse's mouth, these are the actual... This is the voice of God telling us that, yes, Teya is typo blood. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the, the adventure continues... Uh, because they... Sorry, I want to point out here. Yeah. Uh, in Egypt, I'm on Wikipedia now. In oh, okay. Egypt, beer was a primary source of nutrition and consumed daily. Such an important part of the Egyptian diet that it was even used as currency. What I want to know is, why isn't the pharaoh just out getting wasted in this 14-year-old kid's body? He has, like, a zero tolerance for alcohol now. Jimmy, I think the last part of that sentence answered the first part of that sentence. <laughs> he, I think he, it's because he's inhabiting a 14-year-old <laughs> child. <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Uh, so the, they start talking, and Taya's like trying to suggest things to do, right? And she suggests, oh, they could go to the Egyptian history exhibit that we saw from the last episode uh, to try and help Big Yugi figure out you know stuff about his past. She's like, it's about ancient Egypt. You're from ancient Egypt. Maybe there's something there. Uh, and Yugi's like, ah, I don't know. There's so much I don't remember. There's, I really just like, I'll, I'll take anything at this point. I just need clues. And he starts like monologuing about how he lost his memory and how yeah. he feels about that. Taya like picks up the newspaper or the magazine she was reading about the exhibit. And uh, there is like a chunk of an artifact that's the exact same eye pattern that's on all the Millennium items. And it's like, here, we here's some concrete steps we can take today to find out exactly where you came from. Like this ancient artifact that literally has your eye design on it. And the Pharaoh's like, mm -hmm. I don't know about and he's, that. He's clearly very like passionate about like the fact that he lost his memory. Like, he he does this whole thing that I wish I'd written down, but he's like, 
It feels like thousands of years are missing from my life, and without that, I don't know who I am or where I am going in this world or what I am meant for or what I can do or who I should be with or what I should be doing. Or And he just like goes on and on and on and on. And Taya's like... Yeah. Pharaoh says, I don't know why I'm here or what my future holds. And Taya's like, welcome to the human condition, motherfucker. <laughs> right, exactly. She's like, I know exactly what you mean. I don't know why I'm here or what, I, what I'm doing because I am 16. <laughs> uh, but she does say that uh, she listens to her heart and her heart is telling her to become a dancer. And maybe she won't be good at being a dancer, but she doesn't know unless she tries. Right. So uh, so she gives him this whole pep talk about, like, listening to your heart, and Yugi's like, yeah. Listening to the beat, listening to the rhythm, the, <laughs> the rhythm, rhythm of, of the street. street. Uh, so <laughs> that that could genuinely be the theme song to, <laughs> to Yu-Gi-Oh! is the thing. Um, so, so Pharaoh's like, oh, that's true. Yugi is always saying that it's important to listen to your heart. And clearly I'm just in the habit of taking advice from 16-year-olds now. So sure, this sounds good. And Taya like starts giving him like a pep talk about this, right? And then she's like, you know what? I've inspired myself. Let's go paint the town red. Uh, and they decide to go wherever they're inspired to go. Life's an adventure. They go wherever their hearts lead them. And so uh, their hearts lead them to the record store. Right. You know. It's like a little <laughs> montage of places they're going. Uh, so first they go to the record store and Taya's like listening to the newest CDs that mm -hmm. came out. Uh, they go to the park and the uh, Pharaoh gets attacked by pigeons. There's a shot right. of just a bunch of pigeons like perched on him. While Very Taya good. is like laughing at him and looking at the good. pigeons. I'm, I'm glad their inspiration led them there. <laughs> uh, they walk by a movie theater where some generic uh, Star Wars knockoff is playing. Yeah. Oh, there is. Sorry, there is more text for this too. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I got a, a screenshot of the movie poster that was outside. So the movie poster had text on it, but oh, it they did. they removed the text in the English dub. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So the movie is titled Space Legend. Space Legend. <laughs> uh, but anyway, sure. yeah. So. You know, they go to the movie theater, uh, and do they? It's a kind of implied that they see the movie. Do they go in? I, I'm not sure if they see the movie or not because Taya is like gesturing at it, like, "Huh, do you want to go see a movie?" And uh, Pharaoh is just kind of standing there, unimpressed. So I right. don't know if they actually go see the movie. He doesn't it doesn't seem terribly it doesn't show that part anyway it. yeah it doesn't show but, it. maybe they go they do go see what was it star space legend space legend you know <laughs> i have a you know, space legend i have the screenshot i took of space legend up here and there's like a spaceship there's a like four characters standing in front of a spaceship that's like the tail end of like a Battlestar galactica looking thing blasting off there is a princess leia uh type figure wearing purple robes there's a guy who I can only describe as like a 70s version of um, friggin' what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy, the main character. Chris Pratt. He looks like a 70s Chris Pratt with a 70s stash. And one of those yeah. like retro future outfits with like the flares on the shoulders. 
It's very good. It's there's very a, good. There's a robot that looks like um one of the Reggies from Pokemon. One of the Oh yeah. The, it's, it's got like it's, six eyes. It's essentially if you took like Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon and tried to remake it in two thousand. Yeah. Like these these I feel like are all the changes that would be made to Buck Rogers to like modernize it, quote yeah, unquote. Exactly. For that time. And then the fourth character is literally just Beast Boy from Teen Titans. Right. <laughs> it's just a green dude with a mohawk. Right. Well, you know, you you, you got to have your green mohawk, dude. Of course. Uh, then they go to a game store, and uh, Yugi's attacked. Uh, not attacked. I was reading your note about being attacked by pigeons. Yugi is uh, excited for the game store because he's like, look, this store uh, lets you trade cards for new ones. And Taya's like, oh, it's your lucky day. Uh, Finally, something I recognize like, in this horrifying future. Right, and then they're just like in the game store trading cards. So he gets a new card uh, called Light Force Sword. Uh, he gets a, f- a few other ones, but that's the one that yeah. he points out. Uh, and he's like, cool, I'm really excited for this new card. Hooray. These are both powerful cards. Uh, I think he gets three or four new cards total. Yeah. Um, and then they go to an arcade. Uh, this is... Well, I was about to say, I promise this is the last change that I'll point out, but it might not be. Uh, the arcade, we don't see this in the English version, but in the Japanese version, the sign in the arcade says Kaiba Land. Oh, it, this, it is. This is a Kaiba Land arcade. Uh, it's like a spinoff of the regular Kaiba Land. Right, It's exactly. like a Disney it's store, like a, except it, it's like a, a mini Kaiba Land store. Exactly, exactly. So uh, at the arcade, they're walking around, they see a bunch of games, and they see what's essentially a giant DDR machine uh, yeah. just getting dominated by a dude in dreadlocks. And everyone's this is like not crowding like, around it and cheering. And Yeah, this guy, uh, obviously, as we will come to find, is Johnny Steps. Yep. yep and yep. he definitely looks like he's at least 28 years old. Yeah. <laughs> is a very tall and extremely skinny uh guy but he looks way older than any of the teenagers who are like there's a huge crowd of people just like cheering him on because this definitely reminds me of like going to the arcade as a kid or like we had a we had a bowling alley that had like a small arcade Mm. but it had a ddr machine in it and like me and my friends got really into playing dance dance revolution right like to the point where and of course we never owned the game we would just go and play it at the arcade and it got to the point where like for our birthdays instead of like presents we would give each other rolls of quarters just to like go and play ddr at the arcade that's such a wholesome thought i know yeah but uh it it uh lost to the ages right and you know there's always going to be like that one older person who like has been playing for a little while but just like for the sake of not being a shitty 12 year old is like better at the game than you and you crowd around you like look up at them with admiration or whatever uh but the difference between those people in real life and johnny steps is that real life grown-ups who are really into ddr typically will not stick around and talk to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they are just as shy as the rest of us (laughs) And they have probably better things to do than talk to a bunch of kids. Right, exactly. Uh, Johnny, however, does not. 
so they they get up to the machine just as he's like beating some dude at the game right and the 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 game announcer is like calling out like wow awesome great cool uh and the johnny beats this other guy and he's looking around he's like all right who's gonna like challenge me next and he points to Taya, and he's like, "All right, you in the yellow, why don't you, why don't you face me in this dancing game?" And y- Yugi like kind of tries talking her out of it. He's like, "No, you don't have to. We can just go. Like, you can ignore him." Yeah, he doesn't even acknowledge Johnny's steps. He just is talking to Taya, like, "Who cares about this guy? Let's get out of here." Right. Uh, and she's like, "No, no way. I'm, I'm totally gonna accept this challenge. This guy needs to be taught a lesson." And so she accepts and she goes up and she gets on the dance pad and then Johnny completely changes his tone. And he's like, why don't you back out now to save yourself some embarrassment? <laughs> but like, why would you challenge her in the first place? If that's going to be your reaction you're, when she accepts the challenge, you're the one who challenged her asshole. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me, let me challenge you to this thing. Oh, you want to, well, you know, you could stop at any time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of proof that like in order to be a villain in this show, you you just need to be an all out asshole that can't stand up for yourself. Yeah. But Taya is all in on DDR and she takes her jacket and like throws it into the air dramatically and it falls onto Yugi's head. Oh yeah. That was a really good shot. All right. You're on mister. And she like jumps directly into the the dance pad and it's, it's time to dance. They say it's time so much. So the it's it's well it's three times, not so much I guess. Uh, but so the machine says it's time to dance, and then uh, Johnny Steps says it's time to make some noise, and then Taya says it's time this creep learned what real dancing is all about. Can you guess what time it is? To the duel. No, it's time to dance. So we get. We get a dancing sequence, right? And it's like ostensibly DDR, or it's, it's, I don't even remember the name of this game, but it was the one that had the diagonal steps as well. Yeah. It's not just a plus, it's the full, it's nine buttons. Right. It's nine buttons, which seems like overkill to me. But so they're, they're, they're dancing along and they're doing these like dance moves. And I, I think this is fan service. Tyler, with all these close-up shots that we get of Taya's, like, butt and her, like, bare midriff and, like, her choker necklace and her, like, thigh-high socks, there is no way this isn't a lot of fan service. Yeah, it's like, you know, for and for a minute, like, watching this, I was like, okay, maybe this is just, like, me reading in too much for this and like maybe i'm in the wrong for thinking this could be fan service but we get literally just like close-ups of her butt shaking back and forth and like we get a we get a long shot of just her chest as she's like doing some sort of dance move uh welcome to anime tyler <laughs> well, I know, well that's the thing it's like okay a you and i are not the target audience anymore no right? we were when the show came out we are not anymore the show came out 17 years ago, Jimmy. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, and like, you, you know, it, 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 okay, fine. If you want to like really rile up the 12 year old boys or whatever. Um, also, I feel like this is miles better than we've been watching Neon Genesis Evangelion, which 
is also 14 year old girls that the show goes out of its way to be like, Oh yeah, you're just gonna, you're just gonna be seeing things. You're just going to be experiencing this thought that a character is having about that character. Uh-huh. That's you will re-experience right puberty while watching this show, and it will be just <laughs> as uncomfortable as the first time. Right. We are going to we are going to try our best to make you horny for things that will make you uncomfortable. <laughs> um so yeah, so I don't know. It's still better than that, right? Like it's it's or yeah. more innocent at least. Um but just I feel like rewatching the show now at the age that I am now, I'm sitting here being like, this is a child. <laughs> yeah, this is a little girl. This is weird. We should not be we should not be dealing with this. Um But I was once a 14-year-old boy, so Right. You know, so you know, eh. Uh so uh, they get to the point where it's clear that Taya is actually winning or they're, they're at least tied, right? Yeah. They're doing uh, just as well. Taya is like really enjoying herself. Johnny is kind of sweating away. Uh, and Taya is doing all this up. in platform shoes. It's just like the quote yeah. uh, about Fred Astaire. You know, the one oh, and Ginger Rogers, a yeah. Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in high heels. Yep. Same thing. Exactly. Exactly. So Taya is doing it in platform heels clearly enjoying herself to the point where Johnny, uh, in order to try and get the upper hand resorts to cheating because of course he's a villain in the show. He must cheat. And how do you uh, cheat at DDR by fricking body checking your opponent to knock them off the, the platform. Yeah. So he does, he does two different things, right? He, a tries shoulder checking her, which everyone sees is the thing. And, and everyone's yeah. like, Oh yeah, he's just straight up losing, uh, and now he's trying to like cheat his way out of it. And then he tries to pull, and I think he tries pulling it off as like a dance move. But he sweeps the leg basically. Yeah, <laughs> he pulls like a like a, a karate kid sweep the leg, uh, and Taya just ignores it. She just, like, dodges jumps over in midair, him and then continues to beat him anyway. Like he does, she doesn't miss a single step. And to the point where Johnny, like in trying to push her over, actually falls off the dance mat and ends up losing because he spent so much time trying to cheat a DDR. And then the DDR, this is the best part, the DDR machine, while he's like falling and losing, is just like, poor, 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 weak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's my favorite part about like arcade games that have narration as well that like tell you how well you're doing is when you start doing really poorly and they are not afraid to tell you that <laughs> it just starts taking the piss out of johnny steps like it's one of my favorite things about like uh, uh like um fucking what's it called uh guitar hero or rock band uh where you start doing really poorly and the crowd starts booing yeah and then you start doing really poorly and the crowd gets like just so frustrated with you and you're like yep i know and all the notes that you play are just like garbage uh yeah so so johnny falls and loses and taya wins the the duel the 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 dancing the the blazing dance battle dual duel revolution right (laughs) uh so uh, we cut to yugi and taya watching the sunset taya's feeling great after her win uh, and she's just like, yeah, so pumped. Like she had a pep talk earlier. She's, she's showing the spirit around. She's, she got to dance today. Yeah. She uh, beat some asshole at his own game. Right. Everything's coming and, up Taya. 
And then Big Yugi is still sort of like kind of melancholy. You know, he goes, you know, Taya, I've been thinking about what you said earlier. And then this is my favorite line of the whole fucking show. Taya replies, could you remind me exactly what it was I said earlier? <laughs> she says it just like that, too. I'm not like I'm not making this up. This is straight. No, from the yeah, show. that's uh, you know, Taya. I've been thinking about what you said earlier. Could you remind me exactly what it was that I said earlier? <laughs> just a clear like we had a commercial break between now and then. Let's recap. Yeah. Taya's like, I said a lot of stuff earlier. What uh, what exactly are you talking about? Right. Uh, so Big Yugi sort of reiterates that he has to uncover the secrets of his origin because that will help him sort of figure out what his place in the world is. Which he totally could have been doing this whole time if he had taken Taya up on her offer to go to the museum. Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as he's sort of explaining, though, that like sort of what he wants to do and, and why... Uh, Taya has this like instant bad feeling about it, right? Like, like she's had kind of this this sort of. I think we agree. Taya has the shining, right? Yeah. That's a thing. Uh, so she has this sort of instant like, I've got a bad feeling about this Luke sort of sort of force awareness. Uh, and she goes, you know, but if this is what Yugi wants to do, I'll help him with that. Like, I'll I'll be there for him, right? Yeah. She's like, but, last time they tried to find out about this puzzle, Yugi almost burned to death in a warehouse. Right. <laughs> and some evil guy was, like, literally mind-controlling uh, Bandit Keith using magic. Hmm. I feel like this is a bad idea. Bad things might happen. And then she and then she sort of internally shrugs and goes, it's a living. <laughs> uh, Looks directly at the camera. Eh, what you gonna do? Uh, but they can't do anything about it because Johnny Steps appears. Uh, Johnny Steps sort of stumbles out of the bushes, basically. I don't know where he comes from. Uh, but he challenges Taya to a rematch. This exact line is, mind if I cut in, nerds. Uh, and Big Yugi accepts the rematch on her behalf. He goes, I'll, I'll duel you, Johnny, but we'll duel my way. And then he turns to Taya, and this is maybe the most that I've liked Big Yugi this whole season. He turns to Taya and he goes, Taya... May I finish off your opponent? <laughs> Taya, may I have the honor of kicking this guy's ass for you? And he says it He says it in a way that's like, hey, you going to finish that? <laughs> <laughs> you going to eat the rest of that pizza? You want to kick this guy's ass again, or should, should I do it? <laughs> uh, and so he challenges, uh, or rather he accepts Johnny Steps' challenge to a duel, uh, and he says, but we'll duel my way. And he says that if I win... Uh, if, if Big Yugi wins, Johnny can never bother Taya again. And Johnny accepts and he says, ah, but if I win, Taya has to go out on a date with me. And Yugi's like, having not consulted with Taya at all, I accept these terms. And there's a great shot of this too, where you get a close up of Taya's face just being like, huh? Wait, what? I didn't agree to this. And then it slowly pans to Yugi's face as her face is just unchanging that expression. And it pans over to Yugi's face and Yugi goes, I accept <laughs> just like full confidence. <laughs> it's like, you can't just do that without even talking to the other person involved here. Right, right, exactly. But, you know, I mean, like it, big Yugi's also kind of on a blind date without his consent. So yeah, that's fair. You but know, that's never been a strong suit of the show. You can't just wed off your your friend to some strangers just like on a bet also like has anyone 
this, okay, this is a trope, right? Of like, I challenge you for a duel. And if I win, she has to go on a date with me. Like, A, has this ever happened in real life? B, if it has, has that date ever been good? I can't yeah, imagine Yeah, she was so. not consulted here. Right, like, I can't imagine, like, that that would be a good date where you're like, haha, I won you. Yeah, it's like, like, Tyler, I'm challenging you to a game of the multiplayer of Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. If I win, I get to take your dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but just, like, you know, I mean, like, obviously this comes up in the discourse a lot, but, like, consent is important yeah. for a lot of reasons and for a lot of things. But I feel like going out on a date where the point is for both people to have fun, I feel like it kind of needs to be a mutual thing. <laughs> yeah. Not one person is there because they're contractually obligated to be. Right, exactly. Uh, if you have ever gone on a date because somebody else lost the duel, write to us. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, get so they new go friends. To, oh, also get new friends. <laughs> uh, so they go to a dueling arena because those are just everywhere now uh it, it's not really clear where this is it's it ostensibly a like, like a mini kaiba land because it does have uh statues of blue eyes white dragons outside so can true. you guess who built this yeah it does someone it does who look has a lot real like hard on for dragons uh and and they go and then and then they duel and the duel begins ba -ba -da -ba. it's time <laughs> that's how excited i am for this duel so, okay, so I can just kind of rush through this. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny Steps uh, does have a duel. I mean, like, lucky for him, right, he does play duel monsters, I guess, because that's the only game in the world uh, besides Dance Dance Revolution, apparently. Um, so he, he has a duel deck, and he's ready, and he starts and he plays Sonic Maid. Uh, which is a card that we have talked about yeah. before. That was one of our, was like, our cards that I think lost the bracket. I was I like, hey, it's Sonic Maid. Pull the bracket up again. Yeah, she was the um, one with the giant, uh, like, treble clef note, uh, like a music note. That weapon. was also a scythe. A scythe, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was some kind uh, of weapon. Oh, Sonic made one. I couldn't remember if Sonic made one or Musician King one, that, that duel. But uh, so, yeah, so Sonic Maid has appeared in the bracket before uh, and will appear again. Uh, so Yugi plays Celtic Guardian. Sonic Maid will return in the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> so Yugi plays Celtic Guardian, which kills Sonic Maid. Whoops, uh, Johnny, Johnny plays a card called Water Omotics, which I had never heard of before. No. It's a weird name. And then Yugi Johnny Omotics is, like... is my favorite cyberpunk DDR dueling movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Yugi is like, oh, wait a second, Water Omotics? And he's got like, like a song like a sound thing going on like sonic made it's it doesn't seem like he really has a plan here it kind of just seems like he's playing random cards which is a really bad idea and then johnny catches on to the fact that like yugi is kind of saying this to himself and he goes maybe your puny brain can't figure out my plan if you've even got a brain boom roasted <laughs> uh yugi draws and ends his turn Johnny plays Spirit of the Harp in defense mode, and then he plays a spell card called Chorus of Sanctuary, which boosts its attack. Uh, Another Yugi card summons... we've seen before, Spirit of the Harp. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Yugi summons Curse of Dragon, which kills Water Omotics. Uh, 
Johnny Steps, this is your note here. Johnny Steps says, there's more to come, Duel fans, but there's no, there's nobody watching. Nobody's watching. Who is he talking to? It's just Yugi and Taya there. And this happens a few times that I didn't really note, but like Johnny says like little sort of like musical puns as he plays his cards as though there is an audience. But I think it's just for Taya. Like, is he trying to impress Taya now as he's as he's dueling? That would actually make more sense than he's just like making random announcer comments to an empty stadium. I don't know. Right, maybe it's cause... one of those things where uh, there's like cameras in there and it's being broadcast outside of the stadium. Who knows? Could be. Who knows? Maybe it's just for uh, Taya. It could be. Yeah, it could be. They're all on the tone though of like, oh. D- d- you know, press F in the chat to pay respects. Like, like the, he's, he's talking to some like unseen audience. He's talking uh, to us. Whoa. <gasps> so, uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny summons, uh, which of the black forest in defense mode, then plays polymerization to combine that with lady of the faith. Uh, Oh, interesting actually. So I just realized in my notes, so they call it spirit of the harp the first time. And then he says Lady of the Faith, but he meant Spirit of the Harp. Lady of the Faith is not on the on the, on the field. It's Spirit of the Harp the whole time. Uh, so he combines Spirit of the Harp and Witch of the Black Forest to create the Musician King. Our good friend, uh, Musician King. Who we've seen before. Musician King is sort of just like the punk rocker dude yeah. who's also a monster, apparently. But in this, he somehow even looks more boring than his card art. He, It's just some guy. Who comes out? Yeah, it's, and he's standing it's literally there. just he summons his friend Jack <laughs> or whatever uh, to play guitar, uh, but he has high attack points, so he kills Celtic Guardian with a, a sweet guitar riff. Uh, Curse of Dragon attacks Musician King, but that activates a trap that Johnny set uh, called Metal Morph. Uh, Metal Morph, besides being my favorite series of YA novels. Uh, is a card that sort of transforms a uh, uh, musician king. Yeah, and it, the art adds on metal, metal. The art on metal morph is, from what I can tell, is supposed to like turn you like Mario, like the metal cap into like yes. a robot version, or like covers you in metal or something. But for a musician king, it just turns him into heavy metal king. Right. And it by transforming transforms him, him into a different character. By transforming him, it literally just means he gets a jacket now. <laughs> yeah, he gets a well, he gets a jacket. He gets a he gets a different bandana to like sort of hold up his spiky hair. Yeah, his hair. Uh, grew, and he, gets, he gets a mullet, and he gets uh, shoulder pads with spikes on them. And this is my favorite part: eyeliner appears. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so yeah, so Musician King becomes Heavy Metal King, uh, and uh, Heavy Metal King uh, is uh, super strong apparently. Like it, it boosts his attack power again, uh, and so Heavy Metal King then kills uh, Curse of Dragon, which was attacking. Uh, and uh, in response, Yugi plays Giant Soldier of Stone, our favorite moon stabbing boy, uh, in defense mode. And then Heavy Metal King's attack power is boosted again because of Metal Morph. So it attacks uh, Giant Soldier of Stone and instantly kills it. Uh, Yugi plays Dark Magician and attacks Heavy Metal King. 
And this takes maybe the longest part in the duel, right? Like I'm, I'm speeding through it, but this is the longest part where he like summons dark magician, dark magician appears, he goes to attack and Johnny is like, uh, ah, ha, ha, I have higher attack points because metal morph like keeps boosting, uh, heavy metal Kings attack. And he's, he's like, you know, grinning at the camera and he's, he's, you know, doing his whole thing. Uh, but Dark Magician still kills Heavy Metal King, even though Heavy Metal King has higher attack points than Dark Magician. And Johnny's like trying to figure this out. He's he insists that Yugi is cheating. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And Yugi explains that Metal Morph only increases the attack power of your monster when your monster is attacking. If your monster is defending, it doesn't do shit. Yeah. He tells Johnny to read the instruction manual to dual monsters <laughs> right. i guess which again answers a question that i've had in the past of before they had the dueling arenas with the like the computers where you look up the rules how did they look up the rules <laughs> in the instruction manual i guess which i can only imagine is like a dictionary yeah like just a huge book uh so johnny insists that, that yugi cheated and it's finally at this point that johnny asks for his name and Yugi's just like, just call me Yugi. And finally, 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 after like he sort of squints at him and he thinks about it and he goes, that wait a second. That sounds familiar. I know that name. And then he catches on to the fact that he done goofed. <laughs> he just. He's talking to the, 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 the king you know, of games. Kingdom champion. Yeah. yeah. Like the king of games. He uh, just participated in like a hobby game versus someone who does this professionally right 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 somebody who does this not only professionally but like is famous for doing so yeah i don't uh, know if you uh are at all familiar with tony hawk on twitter but uh there's like like the skater the skater tony hawk i'm world familiar. famous are you familiar with tony hawk because a lot I'm of not people personally, aren't but i know the name but uh it's hilarious you can find some like compilations of some of his tweets but he'll be going through like uh, the airport uh, line and mm-hmm. um, like the TSA agent will be like, uh, Tony Hawk, just like the skater, huh? That's cool. <laughs> and my Tony Hawk like, is just like, yeah. <laughs> my favorites are, are when people like see his ID and this, I may be thinking of the same one because uh, his ID says Anthony Hawk, right? Yeah. And they're like, Anthony Hawk. Oh, like Tony Hawk, like the skater. And he goes, yeah and they're like i wonder what he's up to and he goes this <laughs> he posted uh, a picture of it this always has seems to happen to him at airports poor guy but like some lady uh pushed past him because uh she didn't think he was gonna be good enough to be in like first class or whatever and then like the in-flight movie had him in it <laughs> uh Oh God, that just reminded me of this video that I just watched of Tom Holland uh, talking about like his fame since Spider-Man. And he was talking about a time when he was on a flight, like an international flight. And uh, the like woman in the aisle over or like behind him was watching Spider-Man on the on the TV, oh. or like, I guess it must have been over and, and ahead because he could see it. But he was watch. She was watching um, the Homecoming uh-huh. on the on the screen and he's like sitting there being like, Oh cool. There's like somebody watching my movie. But then somebody like walks past him down the aisle and just like fainted 
right? Just like there. And what? He, he like, he just like passes out for some reason. Holy shit. Uh, and so that person ended up being fine, but he like hops out of his seat and like goes over to see them and is like, Hey, is there a doctor here? Like, can we get somebody to help? He's like trying to get the stewardesses over. And he says, he looks up and the woman is just like looking at him, looking at the TV, looking at him, looking at the TV. And he's like, that woman just must have been like, man, this kid never stops. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, celebrities, they're people just like us. Um, so my, my friend uh, just texted me the other day because she saw my my dude post come across oh, yeah. her Facebook feed. Like, what's what's it been like a year, two years after I, I made that? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Jimmy is a, a Twitter celebrity in, in, a, in a very niche way. <laughs> I had one tweet that went, went insanely viral. Um, uh, we've if you talked look about up, this before, right? I'm sure we've talked about this okay. before, but it ju- it just came up again because of uh, Summer Games Done Quick. If you if you just do a search for uh, Legend of Zelda, my dude, uh, I think the first thing that comes up is a Know Your Meme uh, article that features Jimmy's tweet uh, in which he named Link, he named the save file in Legend of Zelda, my dude, uh, to make it a very chill experience. Yeah, and it was now- a very good tweet. Everyone in the game refers to whatever you name the save file as your name. And so everyone just refers to you as my dude. Which is pretty good. It's pretty fun. Uh, It makes an entertaining experience. Anyway, I put it on Twitter thinking that like two of my friends would see it and get a laugh. And then like, I think I'm up to 15 million uh, hits. And that's just on Twitter. And, And so here's the funny thing. So we were talking last week about Summer Games Done Quick uh when it's it's a thing where they raise money for charity right by playing video games so for certain games they'll have like bidding wars to see uh you know for example like okay are you going to save the animals in uh, uh super metroid or like are you going to uh you know kill deckard kane and diablo um one of the bidding wars that they have whenever they play a zelda game is what do you name the save file and pretty much every time they do this at least twice a year, pretty much every time my dude wins by like a big margin. <laughs> so I was trying to do the math on it. And I think this year my dude, cause they ran four different Zelda games. And I think my dude is a bidding incentive for three of them, which means that my dude raised at least $11,000 like this event. <laughs> Uh, and I think over the course of GDQ, or at least since my dude has been a thing, it must have raised at least $40,000 because it's like the, the clear winner most of the time. This is completely outside of my hands. None of these people even know that like I exist. This is going to be my lasting contribution to society. I I think we should put this on your tombstone. (laughs) He had a good tweet. R.I.P. My dude. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I, so finally, after oh, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I I actually tweeted that out the first time I went home for Christmas and uh, I tried to explain uh, what all this entailed to my parents and they're they were confused as to how this wasn't like making me money or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's like that's not how it works. I wish it I mean, did. You, it's making you could start just putting this on your resume. 
It's raising money for charity. That's something. Yeah. I wonder if you can get a tax write-off for that. My my intellectual property is raised <laughs> X number of dollars. <laughs> I, I don't think being tangentially related to a charity event is good enough for the IRS. No, probably not. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so Johnny finally like recognizes Yugi. He realizes that he fucked up. And he's like, just forget it. I can't hang with you. I'm out, man. I'm a dancer, not a duelist. Uh, And he just like, I don't even think he picks up his cards. He just like turns and starts to run, basically. Yeah, he literally like starts to like, he turns around and he like jumps off the platform. Mm -hmm. He he grabs the the freaking sides. railing? Yeah, the railing on the, the staircase. And he's like about to vault down. But he turns and Taya is there, like hands on hips. And Taya, this, okay. I have often said that Taya is my favorite part of the episode, right? Because she just continues to be the smartest person on the show. This is maybe the best Taya moment yet because she's like, no, you're not running. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And she does this by saying, tell me, how many friends do you have, Johnny? None, right? (laughs) And Johnny's like, what? Uh, yeah, uh, one, I think. She <laughs> starts like, roasting the fuck out of Johnny. And she's like, no, you don't have any friends because anytime something gets hard, you just give up and you don't care about anyone else. And you just want to like look good without doing any of the actual work. And that's why nobody respects you. And nobody thinks that you're good at anything because you don't see anything through when like the going gets tough. Like, damn, I knew Johnny, Johnny Steps was an asshole, but I started feeling bad for him. And he is getting told like, off by Taya. And and he just like like kind of half-assedly starts defending himself. And she's like, no, if you really want to be a winner, if you want to be like somebody who's respected, you have to be someone who never gives up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Also, I guess I don't have any friends. Thanks for being honest okay, with me. And he just kind of mopes away. <laughs> he just he just like he still leaves. He doesn't finish the duel. No. He just still is like, "All right, I'm still going to go now." Okay. There's just no coming back from that. <laughs> uh and so I guess Taya burned the ground and salted the earth. Yeah, it was it was fierce. It, it that's one of those things where like I didn't write down the whole thing. The the thing about not having any, any friends was maybe my favorite bit. Uh, If you really want to see like good translation work on this show, go and just watch this scene. Uh, They cut away though pretty quickly. Like they don't spend much time on Taya being like, yeah, I showed him Uh, because they go to the Domino museum Uh, and it shows them sort of like at the steps of the museum, looking up at it. Uh, It's got kind of like a Monticello vibe. Did you get that? Yeah. It's it's not the sort of, building you would expect like a japanese museum to have sorry an american museum yeah it's it's an amer they're in america jimmy <laughs> they're in japanifornia uh, right uh it it has like a smithsonian kind of quality to yeah. it actually now, now that i now that i really think about it um but so they're, they're looking up at it and yugi says no matter what's beyond those doors i'm ready to face it which is very like I, it's it, it's very confident and very self-centered, I think, because ancient ancient Egypt, like when we talk about ancient Egyptian history, that can mean a lot of things. It does not necessarily mean that you are going to learn about this one particular person. Yeah. 
Finally, I can learn about how they made bread. I'm ready to face it. <laughs> I mean, that would be genuinely interesting. But he's like and he convinced that he's going to gonna learn about his about his past. I mean, he definitely uh, is because because it's the show, it's the and show. you know, yeah. Uh, but then it fades out, and that's the that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I do want to point out that the it's like nighttime now. They're going into this museum at like nine p.m right yeah like we we saw the sun starting to set uh and it's kind of implied that like this is the same the same night like they had the duel the duel went pretty quick and now uh they're oh i guess i didn't really thought about that it's still night and they're going to the museum like it's still open how late is this museum open are they gonna break in (laughs) yeah i mean i'm used to museums closing at like four (laughs) yeah wait really oh yeah well museums near where i grew up anyway just closed at random times oh, whenever they fucking felt like it sad <laughs> yeah but yeah no that's a hmm that's an interesting hmm so they're gonna pull a museum heist they're is gonna, basically what we're hearing they're gonna pull a night at the museum no i mean my bet is is that like and i i know that i've seen the next episode i just don't i don't remember it uh, my bet is that like Ishtar just keeps the museum open super late because she knows like, oh yeah, Yugi's going to come by, but it's going to be late at night. So we're going to be a night museum now. Ooh, it's cool and hip. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot that she has the powers of the Kwisatz Haderach. Uh, she right. knows Yugi's coming. So, uh, it really doesn't matter what time of day they go. It's ancient Egypt after dark. <laughs> like Omzi after dark. Right. Yeah. Right. Have you done Omsi After Dark? No, not yet. I want to. It's really good. It's very good. Uh, for those of you not in the in the Portland area, Omsi is the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. And is that it? is that the I? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Omsi. Anyway, it's a it's a really cool science museum um, where they have all sorts of changing exhibits and uh, like interactive stuff that you can do. Uh, but they do this thing called Omsi After Dark, which is they close the museum and then it's 21 and over. Uh, and they'll do things where like they have like vendors come in and serve drinks or there's food. Uh, like the theme changes every time. And it's a great like way to see the museum because you can still go in and see all the exhibits and stuff, but there aren't shitty kids around. <laughs> just shitty adults uh the the first time i went lauren took me for my birthday and it was the bourbon and bacon festival and they just I held it that. like in the museum so i went around tasting bacon and drinking bourbon and it was fantastic it was the most drunk i've ever been in a museum <laughs> i feel like the bar for that is very low uh yeah surprisingly low <laughs> although although we'll see i don't know we're we're gonna be spending a lot more time in museums in this next year because lauren's gonna be working at like eight of them uh and uh yeah who knows maybe i'll have a chance to beat that record (laughs) i don't think the restoration uh part of the museum will appreciate you drunk and blundering around in the back of the museum spilling wine on like drunken antics are probably not good for conservation no (laughs) no that's that's probably true uh but who knows uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? Um, let's see. My favorite part was actually just, um, just the part where, uh, the Pharaoh and Teo were just hanging out like people. We almost never get a chance to see that in this show. There always has, always has to be a duel kind of shoehorned in as there was in the last half of the episode. But, uh, 
I don't know. It was just kind of nice to see them as like kids out in the city where they well, live. Kid and old man. Kid and ghost in a child's body. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just cool seeing them as people hanging out at Starbucks. It felt like. It felt like uh, one of those slice of life AU's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like a. I mean, you got this in like Naruto a lot, where you'd have like a filler episode that didn't really have anything to do with anything, and half of it would be like, "Yeah, we go get some ramen." Yeah, I feel like this entire uh, episode is just like a setup for a fifteen thousand word slow burn uh, coffee shop fanfic, where Taya gets to know the. The, the ancient 5,000 year old ghost but uh, we only got to see a little bit of that which was disappointing but the potential yeah. is there right right exactly yeah I, I, I liked that a lot I think I think my favorite part is similar mm. my favorite is actually just like Taya in this episode just as a whole like yeah, I mean, I, like I've said it a lot like my favorite part of most episodes is when Taya gets to be like an actual character and not just a vehicle for exposition <laughs> a ve- vehicle for exposition or like a mirror of the other characters just like repeating what just happened back at them right 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 or like the damsel in distress or yeah. something like that like she actually gets to have like a lot of meaningful input in this episode uh including the whole like pep talk thing at the at the coffee shop and I I love, and I think this is my specific favorite. She gives that whole pep talk at the coffee shop, right? And she's like, you have to follow your heart. My heart says that I'm going to be a dancer. And even if I suck at it, I'm following my heart and I'm going to be happy. Uh, And then she stands up from the table and she goes, I just inspired myself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Chase your dreams, Taya. Like, recognize when you have inspired yourself and and follow that. And I, I I think it's great that we have this, like... Respect. Yeah, we we have characters in the show that are like meant to be the protagonists and meant to be like the the kids that like all the kids watching the show want to be right. Like we all want to be cool, like Yugi or or like Joey or Tristan or whatever. And this is a, the first chance where we've been like, hell yeah, Taya is awesome. I want to be like Taya. Like, here's how I should be as a as a a kid as, as like a, a new teenager, right? Um. Because, yeah, it's genuinely, you know, like, good advice. Like, nobody knows what they want to do at 16. I'm 28 now, and I have no idea what I want to do. <laughs> like, good for you, Taya. Just, it, yeah, right? Like, it's even if even if it doesn't end up being the thing that you do forever, like, it's the thing that you're passionate about now, so chase that thing. How about your least favorite part? Just this whole duel is just kind of pointless. Uh, I feel like a lot of my worst recently have just been duels that happen for no reason but um johnny steps is not like i feel like they could have gone they could have made johnny steps a much more interesting character but he was just kind of a one note a sort of uh Uh, asshole uh yeah yeah it's sort of uh they set up to be yeah (laughs) 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 they set him up to be an asshole and get defeated and that's his whole deal by Johnny Steps. So you're saying it didn't strike a chord it, with you? It didn't strike a chord with me. It was not necessarily one of the episode's high notes. <laughs> saying that you liked Johnny Steps would be false Edo. This is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Against our listeners. 
yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Johnny Steps is like, I think it's important that we have Johnny Steps, but it's also like, really, <laughs> we're dealing with 5,000-year-old spirits here and like, this asshole is what we're going to focus on. Yeah. Eh. There's a lot of meat that we could have had, like elsewhere in the episode but it all got shunted to the side so th- this guy could step in and step out <laughs> right exactly oh well you know what are you gonna do what was your least favorite i'm trying to decide i johnny steps is like definitely bad but i i also kind of appreciate johnny steps just for being like a reminder that there are just normal assholes in the world still and not just like supernatural assholes. Yeah. Here's just some prick who is good at DDR and yeah. like challenges strangers to DDR. Uh, side note, supernatural asshole is a really good band name. <laughs> sort of the new butthole surfers. Um, you know, okay. So I think, I think my least favorite part would have to be, when Yugi transforms into big Yugi, Yami Yugi, mm-hmm. the Pharaoh, uh, just completely by surprise, right? And Yugi's like, wait, what? No, this isn't a duel. What? Uh, what? And that line is great. That line is perfect where he looks up and he's like, hello, <laughs> just like completely deadpan. But then it goes from that to he seemingly instantly knows what's going on and they're just at a coffee shop. Yeah, there's some... Uh some exposition there that could have been entertaining for us to watch or even just like a simple like hey yuki told me that there's like some shit going on i was wondering maybe if i could help right yeah. like the the only way the only reason for that scene to really exist is if we're going back with the original japanese version of like yuki is setting them up on a date which is weird and i'm glad we did not stick with that uh but like uh as a as a sort of like hey i'm here to help you there's no reason that he should have kept this secret yeah <laughs> right like it's really dumb for him to have been like it, it's it's like they're staging an intervention almost yeah it's <laughs> like, like they're springing this on on big yugi being like hey we're going to help you find your memories we know you're Surprise. sad you know it'll make you not sad this 14 year old girl uh yeah, it's especially my least favorite when you say it like that. It's weird, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole the with or without it being a date, the whole premise of surprising this spirit inside the Millennium Puzzle with a date with a fourteen-year-old girl is just strange. Yeah, I don't like it. Especially that it's that someone they... like that Yugi knows personally and is like best friends with. Right, and maybe there's some they... like interest there. But he's, like, setting her up with this, like, ancient ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm glad that they didn't go too far with that one way or the other. Like, they don't, you know, there's no, like, romantic sort of moment. There's no kiss scene. There's there's none of that. It's just, like, two people hanging out together. That part's really cool. uh, Because I think that we should show more platonic friendships in in TV shows. Um, But... The part that makes me really uncomfortable is that they're like, surprise, therapy session. Yeah. That's uh, kind of a nasty thing to spring on someone. It's just sort of rude. Yeah. It is. It's That's what it is. It's rude. How rude? Don't be rude to the ghost. <laughs> that's an important lesson for us all. Especially when you have Don't to share a ghosts. body with him. <laughs> but that was my least favorite. 
Uh, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about in the episode before we move on? Nope. All right. It's time for the monster bracket. <laughs> One day I'll decide what to do there. Uh, so Jimmy, you actually you wrote up these uh, these descriptions for me. Thank I you. Uh, do do you want to read them or should I? I read would them? be happy to read these. All right, go ahead and let's let's discover who we have in the monster bracket this week. Drum roll, please. Is that what drums sound like to you? I don't know. <laughs> I my hands are full. I I got nothing. In this corner, it's the toy of terror, the Muppet of murder, the Pinocchio of panic. It's doll of demise. <sighs> In the other corner, this metal knight is here to fight. Magnetize me, Captain. It's Alpha the Magnet Warrior. <laughs> See, the thing is, is I saw it written down there, too, and nothing can prepare me for magnetize me, Captain. <laughs> I sent, when I was in Canada, I sent Tyler uh, a picture I took of a box of Captain Crunch that I came across in the store. And oh, yeah. everything in Canada is written half in English and half in French. I discovered mm-hmm. that the French name for Captain well, Crunch... it's not half and half. They write it once in English yeah, and then once in French. They double it. Which right. makes kind of like a... It, makes, it feels like you're seeing double and it's kind of jarring for someone who's used to like normal like one language uh, packaging. You can say American. American. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Captain yeah. Crunch's name in French is Capitaine Crouch. 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 C R O U N C H E. Crouch. I love it. And love his it. catchphrase is "Say Crouchifique." Crouchifique. I wrote a whole like short story about the origins of Horatio Crunch. <laughs> when was uh, this? I wrote it. Uh, see, I think I picked the wrong outlet for it. I wrote it on Twitter a while ago. I, it sounded I it's vaguely even still familiar. there because I I removed I I like got rid of a bunch of old Twitter stuff when I like kind of got off Twitter for a while and kind of restarted from scratch. So I don't even know if it's still there. But yeah, so it's it's canon that Captain Crunch is not his real name and he's not actually a captain. <gasps> I know, yeah, yeah. Getting he deep into a, the Captain Crunch lore. He is a... I'm going to forget now, and I, I don't care to look it up. He's not an admiral. He's like whatever admiral the step Crunch. below an admiral is. And Commodore his, Crunch. His, his real name is Horatio something. It might actually be Horatio Crunch. Um, no, it's... Uh, okay, now I'm going to now I'm gonna fucking Google it. It's like Horatio Magellan something. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote this whole like sort of short story about um, like the origins of why he was called Captain Crunch and how it was like a nickname based on like a a thing that he was in charge of. Um, Let's see. Brand characters, Captain Crunch. Um, Did you know that he has a nemesis? No. Captain Crunch fights a pirate named Jean Lafoot, who is a pirate who... Uh, is oh, barefoot all this. the time. Yeah, Hence yeah, the yeah, name. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Well, you know. Uh, okay. Here, let's see. Real name: Captain Crunch. Real name: 
According to a humorous 2013 Wall Street Journal article, the mascot, whose full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch, captains a ship called the Guppy and was born, quote, on Crunch Island in the Sea of Milk, a magical place with talking trees, crazy creatures, and a whole mountain. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I'm on the Wikipedia page for Captain Crunch. Uh, it has, I'm under the table contents here, it has uh, in popular culture, and the two subcategories are Ready Player One and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> right. Like, Captain Crunch has definitely appeared in popular culture more than that. Those are just the big ones, apparently, was <laughs> Ready Player One, which is like the whistle, right? The Captain Crunch whistle, the like the toy that used to come in the box. Yeah. Uh, and then I think a box of Captain Crunch appears in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's Oops All Berries. Now, see, they don't they don't mention, and this is the show that Lauren and I have just started watching. Uh, they don't mention when a box of Captain Crunch appears in Transparent. Oh well, but well, you I, you should edit the, you Wikipedia edit the Wikipedia page, page apparently. Edit in this crucial this crucial knowledge. Jimmy, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> the monster bracket. The monster bracket. Let's get back <laughs> we on track. We're talking here. about Alpha the Magnet Warrior and I, the I Doll of to, Demise. I need to start work. I need to start work in 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Doll of Demise, uh, let's, well, okay, no, let's start with Alpha. Sorry. Let's start with Alpha the Magnet Warrior. Alpha the Magnet Warrior, do you remember when we talked about Beta the Magnet Warrior? How could I forget the, like, my precious little the, friend? The cutest dual monsters monster there is. This is, Alpha the Magnet Warrior is if Beta evolved. Yeah. Right? Like, it fits the Pokemon sort of evolution art style of, like, when they evolve, they become more terrifying. This is the third evolution of Alpha the Magnet Warrior. Uh, it's a level 4 rock monster with uh, 1,400 attack and 1,700 defense. The card text says uh, that it's Alpha, Beta, and Gamma, and they have melded as one to form a powerful monster. Have they built melded as one? Because I feel like that was the same text on um, on beta. I don't think they've melded yet. You have to get all three of these guys to meld them into one powerful monster. Oh, oh, oh! Pardon me. Yeah, no, I misread it. So it says it says yeah, alpha, beta, and gamma meld together as one to form a powerful monster. So this is still just one part of the powerful monster. Uh, yeah. So this is this is not an evolution of Beta. No, pardon me. This is this is sort of adjacent to Beta. It's his friend, um, his cousin. Yeah, but he's he's a you know a, a a big sort of a big sort of metal soldier looking thing with like horseshoe magnet motif going on on the yeah, helmet. Yeah, he's basically um, a like a suit of armor, and then mm -hmm. bits and pieces of the armor are just giant magnets. Like his sword right. hilt is a magnet. He's got uh, a magnet that's like the bottom part of his mask or his head. Um, mm -hmm. The shoulder pieces shoulder, his, are magnets. His pauldrons are magnets. Uh, just uh, all kinds of magnets going on here. The the thing that I want to point out here is the sword is literally just the master sword from Legend of Zelda. Like it's the exact same design, but it's a horseshoe magnet instead of the, the wings at the hilt. Uh, and then the shield looks like you can't really tell. It's kind of cut off, but it looks like part of, uh, like the Megazord shield, or maybe it's a Voltron shield that I'm thinking of. Um, I can't really find any good art of this guy. There's some screenshots 
from when we apparently see him later in the in the show right it's yeah you know there's there's not a not a lot um when does he show up here uh a lot of appearances in season four season three episode 25 we see him um yeah okay so first time first time we're gonna see alpha the magnet warrior here is episode eight of this season Hmm. uh and then and then it sort of pops up uh every few episodes 11 23 24 uh 25 okay and then and then a couple of times in season three as well something to look forward to is our little robot friends yeah robot Uh, doll of demise though do you want to describe doll of demise (sighs) real quick describe doll of demise it's like if pinocchio was chucky that's yes (laughs) there it is (laughs) it's a Awful little wooden, uh, like mannequin puppet, like yeah, it looks, like it looks like it's supposed to be like a marionette. Yeah, it's like got like a loose marionette. sort of joints. Uh, he's got some like shorts that are being held up by uh, suspenders around him. Uh, he's got like a little blue shirt, and then one of his arms just ends in like three like awful giant claws that are like scythes. His, yeah, like the Freddy Krueger claws. Yeah, he's got Freddy Krueger claws. In the other hand, he's got a fucking axe. And right. <laughs> his head is, he's got like a mop of little uh, golden little boy hair. And he's staring directly at you, the viewer, with a look of just homicidal delight. Yep. And that's yep. Doll of it Demise. Is. It is very incredibly Chucky. Uh, Doll of Demise is a level four fiend monster with 1600 attack and 1700 defense. Interestingly, Jimmy, this card is not actually in the trading card game. I think I saw that when I clicked on him earlier. Doll of Demise only appears in the animated series and is not a real card. Really? Yeah. And we're going to see Doll of Demise pretty soon, actually. We're going to see them in uh, episode 12. Okay. Interesting. But nonetheless, it counts for the purposes of this bracket because it is a card that appears in season two, which was really the only criteria. Uh, based off of the art, Jimmy, how are you leaning? This uh, guy looks like he's going to murder me in my sleep. Um, which doll demise? Yeah. Not Alpha yeah. the Magnet Warrior, who looks like no, Alpha a, the Magnet Warrior. I think would protect you in your sleep. Yeah, I think is is the point there. Alpha the Magnet Warrior looks like a a, a fine, upstanding citizen. Um, right. In terms of art, I feel like it could really go either way. I feel like as powerful as Alpha the Magnet Warrior is, Doll of Demise is like gonna sneak around behind you and cut your Achilles tendons. He's an awful little oh yeah murder doll. Doll of Demise is going to fuck your shit up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would not want to see this thing in a dark alley. Yeah, and Doll of Demise too. like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give that the advantage, honestly. Like, A, for the art, because it's creepy as all get out. And B, it also has a slightly higher attack than Alpha the Magnet Warrior. It's a 1600 opposed to 1400. Okay, so, so even in the, in the text, even. I think the only advantage that Alpha the Magnet Warrior has over Doll of Demise is that it's a real card. Yeah. I feel like that's a point in Doll of Demise's favor, though, because it's like really unique. It's one of a kind. You're not going to see this out in the wild. It's oh. just in the show where you'll see Doll of Demise. 
That's true. That's true. And uh, like compared to Beta the Magnet Warrior, I don't think uh, Alpha is as compelling. It just looks kind of generic. Yeah. It's a, it's a suit yeah, of armor, like and then they put some magnets in there, which could be cool, but I feel like especially the art that we can see is not that good. It's hard to right. see anything that's going on with this guy. I feel like while I'm glad that Alpha the Magnet Warrior exists, I'm not going to give it the win here. Yeah, I like Alpha the Magnet Warrior in principle, but it's just not terribly interesting. Right. I, I think I think we have to give this win to Doll of Demise. Doll of Demise is a horrible little imp, and I'm sure I'll see him in my dreams. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, agree. All right. Congratulations, Doll of Demise. You are the winner of this week's Battle City Monster Bracket. I do want or to whatever it is we're point calling out, this. Um, yeah. There is a card called Malice Doll of Demise that is like an upgraded, edgier version of Doll of Demise. Oh. That is an actual uh, card. Let's look that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, I hate this, Jimmy. Why this guy, Why did you tell me about this? <laughs> the original Doll of Demise is like the original doll, and then this guy is in this the sequel, and they had to make him even darker and more murdery. His hair's grown out. He, he's got an even bigger axe. Uh, he's super, he's creepy as hell. This reminds me of, shoot, what was this? Uh, uh, there was an anime that I'm trying to remember the name of. It reminds me of this anime about like dolls or uh, like We've talked about this before. That came to life Zatch and you like Bell. fought with them. Yeah. This reminds me of Zatch Bell is what it looks like. Yeah. It's an awful little thing. And Zatch Bell is an anime that is absolutely weird and i thought was weird as hell as a kid man if we ever want to switch to a different show that would be the one <laughs> satch bell they're momotos do you remember yeah and oh, like, unfortunately i remember now like every hundred years or whatever all these dolls come to fight each other on earth for some reason that's all i remember the main character had this doll that he would like cast spells through to help it mm -hmm. fight and this little like marionette monster kid uh who's wearing a dress would just be like running around like shooting a light out of his face i fucking hate it uh all right well congratulations to doll of demise for being our winner this week uh if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at you activated my podcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter and instagram at yampod that's y-a-m-p-o-d uh, you can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. Uh, our monster bracket's always at heartofthe.cards slash bracket. Um, you can find Jimmy's other podcast that just wrapped up season one. Yep. Uh, at uh, dungeonsagainsthumanity.net still. Dungeonsagainsthumanity.net. Uh, podcast, D-A-H podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're done with the whole first season, so now is the perfect time to uh, binge the whole thing, if that's what you're interested in. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Until next time. Tell me, how many friends do you have, Johnny? None, right? <laughs> <laughs>